0: Chapter 5 of the Submarine Boys Lightning Cruise. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Submarine Boys Lightning Cruise by Victor Durham. Chapter 5 The Mysterious Order Comes. That night, a machinist was stationed aboard the Hastings to watch the incoming of the water through the slight leak and to apply the pump occasionally. In the morning, the submarine was hauled up into the improvised dry dock and her hull plates examined. It was Lieutenant Davern's first chance to realize how superbly these Pollard boats were built and put together. He examined the hull with unbounded enthusiasm. Then, a gang of workmen started in to replace the two injured plates. For the next three days, the Benson was used in target practice. Jacob Farnan scurried up and down the coast, finding and buying suitable old crafts for targets all three of the submarine boys had ample practice in firing of the torpedoes after it was all over there were but four of the loaded torpedoes left in the shed labelled danger if you would only have a little more practice grumbled williamson good-humouredly this would soon be a safe town for a fellow to take a quiet smoke in the hastings was now in the water once more as sound and staunch as on the first day she was launched then came a few days of idleness lieutenant daverns left dunhaven intending apparently to return soon Edwald and Biffins, the two sailors, were quartered at the hotel at government expense and were likely to enjoy themselves until orders came. F. went home for two or three days. Jack and Hal slept aboard the Benson, while Williamson quartered himself aboard the Hastings, which craft was no longer carried any torpedoes. One afternoon, as Jack Benson was strolling through the shipyard, Jacob Farnon, in the doorway of the office building, called to the young skipper. "'I suppose both boats are ready, Jack?' asked the shipbuilder. "'Quite, sir,' nodded Benson." He did not inquire for what they were expected to be ready. Jacob Farnham was one who liked to plan by himself and to announce a new move only when he was ready for it. All right, lad, nodded Farnum. Keep both boats ready for any instant move that may be required of them. That's all. Again young Benson nodded, then strolled on out of the yard. Up on the main street of the village, he encountered his chum. There's something in the wind, Hal, for the boats, Jack announced. All right, nodded Hal. We're ready when needed nor did either one of them waste any time in wondering what the new move would be when jacob farnum wanted them to know he would tell them and not before the chums visited a money motion picture for an hour then tiring of that they came up on the street the first man they encountered almost was lieutenant daverance in citizen dress back from your trip sir jack asked yes has farnum told you what's in the wind he's only given us a hint sir that something may happen oh replied the naval officer next adding that's rather queer on the whole. Not at all, sir, replied young Vinson. Mr Farnon has a habit of telling us things only when he's ready. Yet when began Mr Daverns, but checked himself. No matter what's in the wind, Mr Daverns, there's no real need of posting us about anything until the time comes. Suppose Mr Farnon wants to us to start for China within an hour. The gallery cupboard is already full of provisions as it will hold. Both boats are in the best possible trim. We only need time perhaps to fill the gasoline tanks as full as they'll hold then we're ready to cast off and sail for the first stopping place on the route you're great fellows for the system then i understand why mr farnum doesn't have to post you too far in advance he certainly doesn't have to jack replied where are you going down to the yard not yet mr farnum hasn't given us any orders about hanging around oh responded lieutenant daverns with a quizzical smile well i must be leaving you now Hal gazed after the shore-bound naval officer for a few moments, then observed dryly. "'I'm not a bit curious. Are you, Jack?' "'Of course not,' smiled the young skipper. "'All I want to know is what's in the air so suddenly. "'Going back to the yard early?' "'No, later,' retorted Benson. "'What's the use of letting folks suppose they have our curiosity aroused?' "'In fact, when the evening came, instead of going to the Benson for supper, Jack and Hal stopped at the hotel. Edwald and Biffins were there at one of the tables, but the sailors seemed to be eating in more haste than usual.' "'Then, as they left the dining room, they saluted the young captain and the engineer. "'Hurrying back to the yard, sir?' asked Ewald. "'No,' Jack said, quality. "'That's queer.' "'Them are orders. We're going now, sir,' replied Ewald. "'You and I appear to be the only two in Dunhaven who don't know what's up,' observed Hal Hastings dryly. "'I don't believe Ewald or Biffins know what's on hand,' Jack answered. "'They've orders to report back in haste, that's all. "'Then hadn't we better hurry back to the yard, too?' inquired Hastings. "'No, we haven't any orders.' But Mr. Furman may be wondering where we are. Then the sailors can tell him. They'll know. Jack dwaddled over his supper. Going back to the yard now? asked Hal. No, to the bookstore. Hm. Muttered Hal. I begin to think you're going to keep Mr. Farnon guessing to pay him back in his own coin. No, I'm going to the bookstore to pick out a small stack of books, Hal. I believe you're going on a cruise, and I mean to have something to read. I wonder if you know more than you've told me, mused Hal aloud. Not a blessed thing. I'm on the guessing list, and I'm doing my best, I know, at guessing. Hal didn't say any more, but he accompanied his chum to the bookstore. There was a package for each of them to carry when they came out. Then they headed down towards the shipyard. It was well towards one o'clock by the time the two chums stepped through the gate into the yard. Mr. Farnon is still at his office. That's late for him, remarked Hal. Maybe someone has him on the guessing list, too, laughed Benson. The night watchman came forward out of a shadow. "'Boss wants to see you, you young gentleman," announced the watchman. "'So Jack and Hal turned in there. "'As they entered the office, a scene of solid comfort met their eyes. "'The shipbuilder and naval officer were lounging in easy chairs, "'smoking Havana's until the air was thick with white smoke. "'Sailing orders, Jack,' announced Farnan. "'All right, sir,' nodded the young skipper, looking at his watch. "'I can pull out inside of twelve minutes. "'But you don't have to,' laughed Farnan. "'You have until morning. Where do you suppose you're going?' "'I don't know, sir.' "'Curious, Jack?' i don't care where we're going benson smiled back when it's a matter of business all parts of the earth look alike to me lieutenant daverns laughed heartily. benson lad explained the young naval officer you've got the real makeup to serve in the navy it's a pity we had to lose you don't be too sure yet sir the navy has escaped having me smiled back skipper jack you don't start until eight in the morning went on the shipbuilder pollard got back this evening and he goes with us "'We take both the Benson and the Hastings. F. will command one of the boats, I suppose?' "'Yes, sir, and he'll have to be notified at once, too,' replied the young submarine commander. "'He's on one of the craft now,' replied Mr. Farnon. "'Lieutenant Dyrens goes with us, but he's a guest only, and will not have to help in handling the boats. "'His two men, Edwald and Biffins, will take steering turns. "'The 480-mile sail before us, down to Groton Bay. "'I know of the place,' sir,' nodded Jack, without emotion or enthusiasm. But Jacob Farnan's next word all but lifted the submarine boys from their feet. Jack, my boy, and you two Hal at Groton Bay, you will have to make the very efforts of your lives. We are to go through an official test for the United States government. We shall be in competition with five other types of submarine boats. The Rins, the Seawald, the Griffith, and the Blackson and Day. We have to meet and I hope vanquish all of the recognized types of submarine boats made in the United States we'll beat them too glowed jack Benson, his eyes flashing his fists clenching by the way jack continued mr farnon i had two applications for work this afternoon from men who appear to know all about the gasoline marine engines as we'll be short-handed for such a long cruise do you suppose it would be worth while to look these fellows over and make up our minds about them great we no burst vehemently from the young submarine captain if we're going to the test of our lives for our very lives i might say then we don't want aboard any strangers who'd show up looking for jobs at the last moment. No, sir. I won't have any of them aboard. That's it. Not if I go too. I guess that's sensible enough. Nodded Mr. Farnon. Well, get aboard, boys. Lieutenant Daverns will be out by ten o'clock. Don't lie awake tonight thinking too hard of what's before you. Don't you expect us to, sir? Smiled Captain Jack. We need our sleep tonight. If we've got such work ahead of us, it's big work, sir. Big enough. Nodded Jacob farnan if we came out of this official test with all the points of the game, so then Uncle Sam is likely to buy all of the submarine boats we can make for a couple of years to come, and our fortunes will be made. Yours too, boys. This talk of the boys' fortunes being at stake C- was not a matter of idle words. Jack, Hal, and F. understood that. If they came out successful, they'd be at least moderately well off. Messrs. Farnum and Pollard were not the kind to be niggardly in giving rewards fairly won. End of chapter 5